country's largest racial minority is Hispanic, but the Latinx community has the second lowest rate of COVID vaccinations of any ethnic group in the U.S. Dr. Felix Nunez says there's no one simple solution, but he does recommend one strategy in particular. I think amongst the Latino community, you know, there's still a great deal of respect for clinicians, for physicians, and bringing those folks, bringing out the white coats, the stethoscopes, I think would be critical. Hi, I'm Irene Silber. This is one in a series of podcasts, which is part of the Vanguard Vaccination Project. Today, Vanguard Network's Ken Banta speaks with Dr. Felix Nunez. He not only has an MD, he also has a master's in public health. Nunez says Latinos and other communities of color face multiple barriers when it comes to getting the COVID vaccine. What are the main causes of those lower rates in the Latino communities? So there, there certainly is some vaccination hesitancy, although I would say um, some of us think that may be a little bit overplayed in terms of its importance, but it's certainly there. Those concerns about the safety and efficacy of the vaccine, which exists in all populations, but it does exist in this population. Um, challenges in actually getting to the vaccine. We know the Latino population, if you look at the demographic and, and the workplaces that, that they occupy, um, this population may not have as easy access to vaccines as other, as other populations. So there is that gap in terms of accessibility, finding vaccination sites that are accessible after hours on weekends, um, you know, in, in populations where they may not have an opportunity to take a couple hours out of work, or if they're self-employed, they really can't take time off um, because it's a matter of livelihood. So that's another concern that we have. The other one is technology. There is a technology gap that we've known about for quite some time, but the ability to go into these systems that are predominantly electronic systems now, um, be able to go in and schedule those vaccination appointments or to be able to navigate, you know, find a vaccine site that's available to them. Thankfully, those, those things have improved, but those gaps have been a challenge and it's one that we've been trying to address ongoing. The other one that exists, and it may not exist everywhere, is that concern about immigration status. So even if somebody is here legally as a resident, um, there is a concern that, that they could be a public charge, is what we call the term that we use, that this could be considered a public charge if they're accepting a vaccine from a government entity and could count against them in their, ap in their application for for full citizenship, for example. Um, for those that are undocumented, obviously it's a concern that's a population which tries to avoid contact with government agencies. So that's always a concern, but certainly for folks that are that are immigrants and here legally, it's still, a, it's still a barrier and still some concerns and questions. And we've had to do a lot of work in reassuring folks that no, this vaccination program won't count against you. It won't be viewed as a negative factor in your immigration status. So that's an ongoing concern. The last one, and, and this is one that probably should go higher on the list, is sort of language barriers and cultural competency issues. So making sure that we're advertising out to this community in languages that are appropriate. Sometimes it's Spanish, sometimes it's actually English, but also culturally appropriate advertising, reaching those populations where they are. Um, so all those factors play into all this, and it's, it's all happening at once. It'd be nice if it was sequential and we could hit one and the other, but Unfortunately, I think we have to hit them all at once to try to achieve what we want to achieve. Let's talk about uh, the things that leaders of organizations can do to help with this. Um, maybe we could start with things that leaders should and can do in their own organizations. For example, uh, a 
particular firm might have 2,000 employees in Southern California, and let's say half of them are Latino, uh, what should the CEO of that organization be mandating to help uh, achieve a higher level of vaccination rate? What can they do concretely as employers or leaders of companies? So I think the examples that I've seen that have shown a lot of success is leading by example and making the vaccination process as seamless and as simple as possible. So whether that's accommodating folks' schedule and allowing them to get out to vaccination sites when available, or contracting with someone to bring vaccines onto the campus and making them available on site and giving people an opportunity to get down and get down for a vaccine over to the vaccination site. So making it as accessible as possible and then showing leadership in regards to leading by example. Um, I know that's been very successful and it's something that people take to heart when you see that leadership is all in on an initiative. Um, the vaccine hesitancy issue, I think part of that, it's gonna be difficult. There's gonna be a core of people that are just gonna be absolutely resistant to vaccines. We have to understand that and in some ways have to accept that. But there are a lot of folks I think that we can still reach who have some hesitancy, but have some very honest and legitimate questions um, about the safety and efficacy of the vaccines, especially now with the new Delta variant that's out there and questions about whether or not it's gonna be efficacious against that variant. So those are great questions. Some of them we still don't have the answer to. I do remind people the vaccines have been out for an extremely short period of time. So really being honest and upfront with the employees and staff, bringing in experts um, who can speak to the staff about their concerns and their questions. And you know, not brushing aside those, those questions and those concerns about efficacy and safety. They're, they're legitimate questions. And I think it's very simple for folks to poo-poo those and say, no, you, know, you need to get over it and just get the vaccine. Well, I think there's some legitimate questions out there and we need to help people through that. Again, there's probably gonna be a core of folks that are gonna be absolutely resistant and there's not gonna be anything that we can do to coax them. They're just gonna to have to come to that decision on their own. But I think presenting them with as much information as possible from trusted sources is gonna be important and letting them come to those decisions. Um, but, but again, leading by example, you know, making things as, as accessible as possible to folks uh, is gonna be critical. And then being upfront and allowing folks to ask questions and answer those questions regarding efficacy and safety. You mentioned uh, trusted uh, communicators or trusted advisors. For a Latino uh, audience, who would be the trusted communicators? And if you were a business leader, who might you want to invite in to help communicate the story? Yeah, I think that's a great question. I think having physicians or clinicians or clinical leaders that are Latino themselves, mm -hmm. uh, very important. So we have several out, out across the nation. It really depends on the region. The Latino community or the Latinx community is not a homogenous community. You have a lot of variability in terms of nationalities, uh, perceived ethnicities, and even language. So for some folks, Spanish is the best language to communicate. For others, it's English. But making as many options available to them as possible is important. And trying to communicate from multiple angles all at once. Like I said, it'd be great if things were sequential and we can just hit one target, then another. But unfortunately, everything has to happen at once. It's, it's a bit of a web. And you got to hit all the targets at one time, or at least try to hit all the targets at one time. So, so finding folks that can communicate in English and in Spanish would be important. I think physicians amongst the Latinx, Latino community have a pretty special position. You know, and I think having a trusted voice physician or a clinician, whether that be a nurse practitioner, physician assistant, or an RN, somebody with clinical experience and, and, and cl clinical bona fides, 
would be really important and critical in that community. I think amongst the Latino community, you know, there's still a great deal of respect for clinicians, for physicians, and bringing those folks, bringing out the white coats and the stethoscopes, and speaking to the speaking to the staff, or sharing through through um, through a media communication, sharing the message with staff, I think would be critical. You mentioned also a concern by some uh, about uh, illegal immigration status, how uh, registering for a vaccine might inadvertently lead to some type of consequence. What can a business leader or business organization do to deal with that concern or hesitancy? Yeah, I think it's important to make sure that we reiterate from civic, civic leaders that this vaccination program will not affect immigration status at the data collected, will not be used. Uh, in a negative way, whether you're here without documentation or whether you're here with documentation. Like I said, there's a lot of legal residents who are concerned about that, that issue of being a public charge and whether that would count against them as they proceed down towards citizenship, which is what a lot of residents are, are, are aiming for. So I think bringing in the, the voices of trusted civic leaders is important to reassure those populations. Getting the word out through clinicians is important, physicians, other clinicians who are trusted, and also community health workers. So in a lot of communities, there's, there is a tradition or a history, a legacy of community health workers, trusted sources within communities. Oftentimes you can reach those by, by reaching out to your local nonprofit health center. So a lot of the community health centers uh, actually have resources and contacts within that, within that realm. And they can reach out to those community health workers uh, who are often trusted. So in Spanish, we use the word promotora or promotoro. Um, to describe folks who are out there promoting health. So there's a lot of those, those groups that exist throughout the United States. So I think the best source for those is, is looking up your local nonprofit community health center. These are usually federally qualified health centers, FQHCs, reaching out to them and asking them if they have sources in the community who work as community health workers or promotoras and seeing if they're accessible. They're often trusted sources in the community. Uh, unfortunately, this is a ground game, and it's going to be word of mouth in some cases with that population. But but I think there there are folks that are open to the to the opportunity to be vaccinated. We just got to provide them with the right information and those reassurances. And speaking of the ground game in communities, uh, perhaps we could lastly turn to how could business organizations, business leaders. Uh, be active in the communities that they operate in, uh, in addition to addressing their own employees? Yeah, that's a great question. I think some simple ones that I've actually seen in our community here is actually working with working with vaccination sites. And there's different agencies they can look up who are actually openly trying to provide vaccines, including those federally qualified health centers, those community health centers that are act actively sponsored, that are actively trying to get vaccines out to the community. Working with them, like I said, it could be bringing them back those vaccine centers onto their site and actually hosting a vaccine clinic if they have the space within their properties to host a vaccine clinic would be important, um, or sponsoring a vaccine clinic and actually encouraging staff to volunteer, vaccinated staff, to volunteer at the vaccine centers so that it so there's active engagement and active promotion of vaccines. Again, it's that that philosophy that we're all in it together and that we're all in on vaccines. So really, really hammering that message home is going to be critical. So those are some, some techniques that I've seen that have been very helpful in terms of, of trying to encourage your own staff to get vaccinated, but also encouraging the broader community to be vaccinated. 
which is critical because those staff have families and communities they go back to. And if they're not vaccinated, if those communities aren't vaccinated, the risk is still there. Dr. Nunez, this has been terrific. Anything that we should mention that we haven't talked about already on this front? You know, I, I thank you for the opportunity. This is this is terrific. And I applaud these, these efforts to reach out and get more folks vaccinated. It's really critical. I think remembering that, that the Latino or Latinx community is not homogenous, that you have to approach it from different angles. And sometimes that takes extra effort. So realizing that and trying to reach out to your employees in ways that they that they're that's accessible to them. It may take a little more effort, but I think it's well worth it. In general, my perception is that the Latino or Latinx community is very open to the idea of vaccines. I don't come across a lot of hesitancy that's insurmountable. The resistance and the hesitancy come from very reasonable concerns and questions. So answering those questions, being open-minded, I think will go a long way. I think this is a population that we really can work with uh, that really is open to this. So there's a lot of opportunities. And again, you got to kind of hit it from multiple sides and multiple angles at, all at once, unfortunately. Um, there's no one easy answer or one, one path towards success or multiple paths to success. But I think it's one that we can, something that we can certainly achieve, um, you know, if we put our effort into it and uh, we work with our employees and our staff to get them to where they need to get to, which in my view is fully vaccinated. That's Dr. Felix Nunez, head of the Association of Clinicians for the Underserved, speaking with the Vanguard Network's Ken Banta. This conversation is part of the Vanguard Network's vaccination project. Our partner is Global Vaccination Advisors. Global Vaccination Advisors helps healthcare companies, employers, and governments maximize COVID-19 and other vaccinations globally by leveraging drivers and overcoming barriers to vaccination. Podcasts like this one are just one of the membership benefits of the Vanguard Network, which organizes events, publishes content, and connects C-suite leaders. Our mission is building high-performance leadership. If you'd like more information about us or more information about the vaccination campaign, please visit our website at thevanguardnetwork.com. I'm Irene Silber. Thanks for listening.